Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name's Chris. I'm from tipsforlawyers.com and amodernprofessional.com, and I have the great pleasure today of being here with Mitch Jackson, a Californian trial lawyer and all-round superstar in particular with his social media efforts, and I wanted to get him in here today to have a bit of a chat about social media and what we should be doing, what we're not doing, and what we could be doing better. Mitch, how are you? Chris, I'm doing well. With that type of introduction, you've got me for as long as you want me, pal. <laughs> it's good to be here. There's nothing like all-round superstar to, uh, to to raise expectations amongst people, Mitch. But uh, for those who good. don't know you, would you mind giving us the, the couple of minutes summary of where you're from, what you do, and maybe a bit about how you got into the social media space? Sure, sure. Well, I'm a California trial lawyer for the last 30 years, and I practiced with my wife. We met in law school. I originally planted, uh, pulled up my roots from Tucson, Arizona, grew up on a guest ranch and, and moved to Southern California to go to law school. Along that, along that path, you know, I played a little basketball, did, was a ski bum, did a lot of things along the way and, uh, you know, have really enjoyed uh, the practice of law, Chris, especially it gives us the opportunity to help other people. And that's why Lisa and I do what we do. And uh, so... I opened my own practice, you know, 30 years ago and, and started uh, trying to practice law like everyone else in town and realized after about five years, if you want to get noticed uh, as a professional in an industry, in a profession where there's a lot of other professionals out there doing the same thing, you have to start doing things different. Yes. And once I figured that out, everything took off, everything exploded. And it's just been a fun ride. I feel like I'm just getting started. So you're going to have to look at look at well, this mug for the next 30 years, my friend. I'm uh, I, I'm dying to know now. So so let's go back 25 years when you realized you needed to be different. You didn't have the same tools you have now, and we're going to spend some time talking yeah. about today. What did what did uh, running a different type of practice look like 25 years ago? How did you how well, did you start to differentiate yourself back then? Well, let me just say I started off by um, having a couple of cardboard boxes in the back of my car. I drive down to Main Beach in Laguna Beach, California, play basketball all day, and that's where I developed my networking skills. Okay, those were my first clients, the guys that I was playing basketball with. Yep. And and um, as uh, business started to increase, as I started to meet more people in town, you know, started to rent some office space, our first business item, the first thing I purchased was a fax machine. This is when nobody had fax machines, Chris. And uh, so, you know, purchasing cutting a fax edge machine, technology. Yep. cutting edge technology, thermal you paper, know. I'm assuming the big rolls of thermal paper it, that uh, fade you, know exactly. so you can use them in evidence. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. What, what, what a funny experience. But, you know, it's one of these things where I've always tried to be ahead of the curve where it comes to technology, where okay. it comes to any type of word processing technology. Yep. And, uh, just continued to try to always do the right thing, to try to take cases I believed in. Fast forward from 1986 when I started to 1996. In 1996, we put up our first website. We were one of the first lawyers in California to have a website. And wow. it was just a five-page front page, front page website, very basic. But within six months, we had a million-dollar case come through the website mm -hmm. and I've never been accused of being the sharpest knife in the drawer but when that happened I realized there's something to the internet and uh, you know fast forward another five or ten years with blogging 
with the early social media platforms. Uh, it was just something that interested me. I've always been a networking kind of guy. I love building relationships with people. Yep. And what I noticed with social, especially over the last seven or eight years, is social allows you to build relationships you know, at a global level 24 seven. And uh, so we've just continued to put our time and effort into the digital platforms. We've always embraced new technology as it comes out. And looking back, it's the best decision we've ever did as done as a law firm. It's just, it's been a game changer on so many different levels. And it's been fun. We've been able to, to meet people from around the world, people like you. We connected on social media. Yep. And yep. Uh, it's just, it's been very rewarding, very fulfilling. And uh, I'm just enjoying every minute of it. Fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, you do droning, I think I've seen. I don't have a drone. My kids see drones in the shops and are trying to get me to buy one. But uh, <laughs> um, for those who are wondering, I, I believe Mitch has, has a great interest in drones. And I have no doubt you can find a few videos of him uh, doing some droning here and there. Well, I look at that as a marketing tool, Chris. <laughs> it's not a toy. And I'll tell you a funny story. I was live streaming on Periscope with the drone at about 6.45 in the morning down at Strands, which is a beach down where I live. And uh, a lawyer from New York popped on, and we were chatting in real time while I was flying. And I had several <laughs> hundred people watching the live stream. Yep. But that's where he and I connected. He has a drone. And a week later, he referred a substantial case to my California firm. That's it. it wasn't why, that's not why I was droning, but it started a relationship which ended up in a nice referral a week later. Um, I grew up racing motocross. I've grown up flying hang gliders. And, and all of these activities have allowed me to get my foot in the door with a group of people where there aren't a lot of other lawyers. Mm. And so you start building friendships. You start developing a common interest. You have common passions and hobbies. And guess what happens when somebody in that niche community has a legal question or they need help with a, a legal matter, mm. they're going to call you. Exactly. And, and it's just been a great way to build a business and that's what I've always done. And now with social, it allows you to do the same thing, uh, to, to, to you know, have your voice amplified above all the other noise out there by embracing some of these platforms that other lawyers, other professionals aren't embracing. Now you're doing it really well. I mean, you're doing it right. You're in Australia, I'm here in California. There's plenty of room in the playground, right? <laughs> For all of us to have fun and, and really yes. help the consumer. But um, this is just a game-changing time to be alive and especially when it comes to technology. And uh, so by incorporating my hobbies and my passions, droning, motocross, hang gliding, whatever it might be, with some other things that I do, and then bringing all of those onto the social platforms, that's what keeps the practice of law fun, that's what keeps life interesting, and that's what keeps me going every single day. That's, um, you, you mentioned something really interesting there, which I think is important, and, and we're going to see this, I suspect, when we talk about a social media strategy in a minute, which is um, you weren't engaging with that person, that other lawyer at the Strand, so that he would refer you something. You were engaging out of a common interest, and you were engaging sure. because you wanted to be generous, and you're just building that relationship, but it was as a consequence of that that you got yeah. the call. And, and I think there's this big uh, differentiation. And, and I know Bob Berg uh, talks about this in a couple of his books that are called the Go-Giver series. Um, it's not give to get necessarily. Right. It is right. give and give and give because giving is both satisfying and rewarding and it will build relationships. But then there is a much greater chance that you're going to get at the other end 
if you have invested in those relationships. I love and, it. Um, That's I, exactly I, right. I think that really summarizes what social media is for. And I want to distinguish that, I guess, and, and you might have an observation here because, uh, as you said, you reached out to me on Twitter. I didn't actually read, and I don't use Twitter that well. Twitter is not one of my, uh, my primary platforms, I admit. Um, but I didn't read an article that you had published on Twitter amongst the 400 million other articles that are, you know, appearing in my Twitter feed. You actually right. reached out to me. You messaged me. You say, hey, it looks like you're doing something interesting. I do something interesting. You know, would you like to have a chat or would you like to do this thing? I can't remember exactly what you said, but you, you reached out. Uh, and, right. and it's this, although we all are media companies now, I think we're, we're both on the same page there, um, there is a big difference between being a publication only a media company and a media company that actually has a personality and a relationship with the people that it's looking to reach. I love that. Yeah, I, I mean, look, when I speak across the country at different lawyer conventions and it's normally a marketing type of convention, I'll let everyone know right away, especially if I'm keynoting is, look, the speakers you're going to be listening to for the next couple of days, with all due respect, I want you to line out the word marketing. Every time you hear the <laughs> word marketing, and I want you to insert the word relationship building or yeah. relationships, yeah. especially when it comes to social and digital. And so what I found, Chris, is that lawyers who who approach the digital platforms with the intent of building new and better relationships, not closing deals, not getting business uh, in the front door, but building relationships and they focus on adding value to mm. other people's lives and helping people solve their legal challenges. Those are the lawyers that I think develop huge legal referral sources and you know, over the years, and it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. That's it. And those are the lawyers that I think have an enjoyable practice of law, a, a constant incoming stream of business. It's because they're using social the right way. And so you're absolutely yeah. right. I'm on this to try to add value, and then indirectly over time, it does come full circle mm. uh, right back to us. And I think that's I'm I'm okay with it. It's a really really win win type of it, it's uh, situation. It's a long term investment, and and you mentioned it before with your website. You know, no one else had a website. You didn't know what that was going to do for your business. You just thought it was uh, something that might be interesting. And six months down the track, uh, yeah. you you scored the reward. <laughs> from it but you might right. not have and and you probably still would have done the website anyway so uh i, I think that's a, a good distinguishing feature you you mentioned the marathon not a sprint analogy and i do like that one and i use it myself but i also like to add this you never get to the end of the marathon unless you actually start running in in the yeah. first place um and, and that really dovetails beautifully into where i wanted to go with today's interview and uh, for those watching or listening to this i gave mitch a grand total of about six minutes uh, warning of what I'm about to do to him. So uh, we'll, see how we go. we'll see how he goes with this. I know a lot of people are thinking, yes, I, I should be in social media in some fashion, but what the heck should I actually do? One, two, three, four, five, what do I do? I read, I read this stuff saying, get engaged with people, but what does that mean? How do I do it? What platform do I do it on? And what do I talk about? So what I wanted to do is I wanted to take a fictitious character who's, who's sort of representative, I guess, of a lot of people out there in this situation. I wanted to remove it from the business owner level. So I want this not to be a partner of a firm. And I'm doing that for the specific reason that 
I know there's a lot of younger lawyers out there or mid-level lawyers who want to build their practices, who are keen on this relationship building in particular online that we've been talking about, but who don't necessarily have the institutional authority to go and create a Facebook page or to go and have something branded uh, with their firm because there's policies against it or because they're simply uncomfortable about getting some flack from their employers about that. So I, I've, I've come up with this scenario for Mitch and I'll be interested to see what he says we should do. Um, let's pretend that we've got a mid-level lawyer. I'm going to call her Mary at the moment. We've got Mary who's a mid-level lawyer. She works in plaintiff personal injuries and in particular her passion where she's focused on is the area of cycle law. So she's got uh, some existing work in that area that she's been doing. It's principally work coming from somewhere else, but it's an area she loves working in. And she wants to identify with, build relationship with, and start to generate some goodwill amongst the community of cyclists to do yeah. exactly what you're talking about, Mitch. So she's identified her work area already. She's identified who she wants to reach out to. What does she do? What 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 platforms does she go to and how does she start using them to start that process? Is Mary's game plan to brand herself and her practice or to continue to build the brand of the law firm that she's working for? Yeah, look at, at the moment, let's assume that Mary wants to brand herself, but she's mm -hmm. happy to do so within the context of her current firm. So she's not looking to go out on her own, but she doesn't necessarily want to go to her supervising partner every time she wants to post a photo on Instagram to get permission to do it. So that way she needs to remove herself from using the firm branding probably. So you, you focused in on, I think, the first key factor, and that is Mary is interested in cycling and in protecting cyclists, okay? Yep. And so the first thing I tell lawyers is find something that you're passionate about, something that you're interested about. It doesn't have to have anything to do with practicing law. In this, in this case, it's bicycles. It's cyclists. Maybe it's cyclist racing, okay? And so that's what Mary's passion is. So maybe the first thing I would do if I was her is I'd get involved with local offline cyclist clubs and cyclist yep. groups yep. that's the first thing and to get involved with those groups with the intent of helping with the intent of of making a difference in the community whatever the goals are of the cyclist community to genuinely get involved you're not there to market you're there to 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 build relationships and help the cause of that particular cycling group for example mm -hmm. the next thing I would do is I would go out and I would get one or two domains uh, using the new dot lawyer uh, right side of the dot domain, at least yep. here in the states. I don't know if you have that in Australia. We can, but you we know, can get it. I'm not sure how. I know you need to be a registered attorney, and I'm not. I've not tried to get one yet, but uh, it's on my list somewhere to give a go to. So, so whatever the domain is, you know, mm. whether it's you know bicycle lawyer dot, you know bicycle dot lawyer, yep. um, you know bicycle rights dot lawyer, whatever it might be, I, I would go ahead and get a domain like that, and I would redirect that domain to either a blog that I set up on WordPress or maybe even to a, a Facebook page yep. where you're adding content on on uh, not necessarily the legal aspect of, of bicycle law, but you're adding content that, that um, complements what the bicycle clubs in town that you're involved with, what they do. So if you have a bicycle club that's involved with staying healthy, and staying in shape, and that's why people are riding their bikes. Yep. Then you're posting content about uh, health, about you know monitoring your heart, about staying in shape, about different riding techniques. Sure. You happen to be the lawyer 
who is sharing this content, this really good content about bicycle riding that doesn't have anything to do with injuries. It doesn't have anything to do with practicing law, but it has yeah. But it's valuable to other cyclists, and so these cyclists, when they're looking for good content, they're going to be, uh, they're going to find you. You'll be sharing this content online and offline, mm-hmm. and they're going to trust what you're saying, and they're going to start developing a relationship with you. Sure. So I would start seeding my WordPress site or my Facebook page with bicycle-related content. About 80% of that content is along the lines of what we've already discussed. The other 10 to 20%, every now and then, I would share a bicycle case, a bicycle uh, safety tip from a lawyer's perspective, where to ride on the road, what to watch out for, six things you need to do after you've been hit while riding your bike by a drunk driver or by somebody running a red light. But that's only 10 to 20% of the content. The other 80% of the content is not accident or collision related. I would take that content on WordPress or on Facebook and I would seed it across the other social media platforms. I would take the header and share it with a little link back to my original blog post on Twitter. I'd do the same thing on LinkedIn. I'd Mm -hmm. be sharing Snapchat stories and Instagram stories while I'm down at the cycling club, uh, linking those back to the main website or Facebook page. I would be using all of the platforms, whether it's video, whether it's uh, a photograph, whether it's long text, for example, the Medium platform, yep. and I would be cross-pollinating all of these platforms with the content that we're talking about as far as um, bicycling safety, bicycling health tips, and you know what, every once in a while, bicycling law that bicyclists need to, need to know. You're yep. a lawyer protecting bicycle riders' rights, and yes. that's that's just it. You're protecting your community. And that's probably where I should have started. You're sharing content that's protecting your new community. I think okay? that's, that, that's such a valuable starting point. I love that you started offline because a lot of people think oh, online only. I'm a little bit introverted, as most lawyers have a tendency to sort of slide down the introversion scale. And so online is beautiful for me because I don't need to actually interact with anyone. Um, and that doesn't quite work because we've already said it's about building relationship and you need to interact with someone in some way. And, you know, even uh, you, you might join a couple of bicycle clubs and you might, if sure. you're already riding and if you've got an interest in cycling, presumably you do some riding yourself, you know. Yeah, well, um, let's stop right there. If yeah. you're not, a, if, if you can't fake it to make it. Exactly. So you, you genuinely need to be a bicyclist and yes. follow your passions be as opposed to, to start. Uh, uh, you know, you could, yes, you could easily yes. document your journey going from uh, a novice cyclist to training for the whatever the long cycling thing is, Absolutely. the 10,000k ride. If you documented that journey, documented yes. short videos or whatever of people you met along the way and had a chat to, you would have this huge body of content, but you yes. would also have this huge community of connections that you'd made along the way. It's And if you're getting into the activity for the right reasons, mm. you know, it's from the heart because you're passionate about that activity. Yes. That's how, as a lawyer, you can stand out. You're showing your human side. Yes. And that's the difference from everybody else in town. The other thing, Chris, is once you've done what we've already talked about, now take a step back and and start a weekly interview show using mm-hmm. some of the live streaming platforms. Start interviewing bicycle racers that are well known. Start interviewing physicians and orthopedic surgeons 
who specialize in treating bicycle injury accidents because they're bicycle riders themselves yep. and they'll focus on representing those types of patients. Uh, bring them into your weekly online television show mm -hmm. and what will happen is their respective audiences will come in and start connecting with you and watching the show and then start following you on your social media platform. Absolutely it. I mean, that's the whole nature of a network, isn't it? If you interview yes. someone, you know, Mitch and I are chatting here, there's a good chance he's going to share this with his people, I'm going to share it with my people, and there'll be some cross-pollination there. Uh, and some people will find my Aussie accent really annoying, and some people will find Mitch's Californian accent truly strange to listen to, but either way, they're going to get some good value out of here. Um, you can't please everyone. <laughs> I think, right? Um, I mean... Isn't that an important aspect of social? It is, and, and I think you mentioned another really important aspect, and it's a bit of a buzzword, and not a lot of people know what, it's, what it really means, and I think you've touched on it well, which is uh, authenticity, and I don't think you mentioned that word, but what you said was it's not all law all the time. You need to be a human to make human connections with people, and I know one of your websites has the word human in it. I think it's human social from memory, but uh, yeah. it's... Um, it, it's such an important aspect of social media use that there's this inherent barrier lawyers have that they need to look professional all the time. And I wondered if you could speak to your own experiences there, Mitch, about the, the difference between this high production value looking professional issue and, and some right. concern that people might have about looking unprofessional. You know, if you're, if you're a little bit overweight and you're in your lycra and you're sweaty, um, because you've just been cycling more than you really wanted to be interviewing someone, is that going to look unprofessional? And is there going to be any concern that people are going to go, well, that person's not really a serious lawyer because they just look dodgy ass? Well, uh, wow, there's so many answers to that question. I'm a big, I'm a big time believer in I want people to just be themselves and I want them to show their human side. One of one of the most watched videos that I did, and it was years ago was a mountain bike ride down on the beach early in the morning. I hadn't shaved. It was early in the morning. I had a good sweat, you know, going. And I thought about a trial technique and I just pulled over and pulled out my phone and just just sat there and just shot a video and uploaded it to YouTube. Yep. I think it was YouTube. And um, it was one of the most watched videos, you know, that particular year. And people just related to the fact that here I am getting down and dirty, sharing massive value, because that's that's it was just the time to share that particular thought. Having said that, I think you do need to be careful with, you know, what you're doing, who you're with, how you look to a, to a point. The, the picture you just described probably isn't the best way to go about it. <laughs> but then you know? if you're uh, looking to resonate with cyclists, they might be well, fine with that because they're used to seeing sweaty people in Lycra at the, at the coffee well, shop because that's what well, they do. I I like that part, but I, I, <laughs> you, you described it a little bit more than that, and that's where you want to you want to just be careful with you know how you're coming across. Um, I will say that that's the problem that that lawyers oftentimes make when it comes to social media is it's too polished, it's too professional. Yep. Nobody wants to see that. Okay, nobody cares where you went to school. Nobody cares uh, what your track record is as a lawyer. Uh, if you pass the bar, how many times it took you, it doesn't matter on social media. You're the only one that's interested in that. What the consumer's interested in is getting their problems solved, getting answers to their questions. And because the average attention span right now on social media is about nine or 10 seconds, the same attention span as a goldfish. Yeah. If you, if you, if you don't make the right first 
human to human type of connection, mm -hmm. they're going to click and go someplace else. Yes. And so I'm a firm believer. I mean, right now I'm not in a suit. I was in court this morning. I was in court yesterday. I'd re this is the way I dress if you come into the office. This is who I am. Mm. Um, just be yourself on social. Don't worry about everything having to be polished. Uh, you can shoot videos using your smartphone, and they're going to work just as well as a $10,000 production. Um, you know, I just think that there's just too many lawyers going about social the wrong way, and they need mm. to take a step back. And if you're, if you're approaching social media like everyone else in town, you're probably doing it wrong. If you want to stand out above all, all the noise, you need to create your own brand. You need to do things your own way. And um, that's how you can get noticed on social. Yep. If you get noticed, and you know, the, the two biggest assets that all of us have today are time and attention. Yep. None of us have enough time, none of, none of us have enough attention. So if you're creating short 30 to 60 second videos, two to three minute videos where someone can come in, get their questions answered and leave, you're providing value to them. Yes. They'll respect you for it, and good things will happen. And 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 I'm going to throw in a tech thing. So, uh, firstly, a few people are probably concerned about tech barriers. I don't want to get caught up in that today. The tech barriers are not that high anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. There are a million free video series on how to set up a website. I know I've done a couple myself, uh, and I'll link that up underneath this video, depending on where you find it. Um, but most people watching this are going to be fairly familiar with social media if only because that's where they found it but i wanted to touch on 30 to 60 second videos too and there's a very good reason to do little 30 to 60 second snippets it is not so that you can be trite and meaningless you still need to offer value within that 30 to 60 seconds but it means you need to know what you're going to say but also instagram is a 60 second limit on their videos and if you right. can get a 60 second video and get it on Instagram. Uh, I don't know about you, Mitch, we haven't touched on platforms too much yet, but to me, 2017 is, is the year of Instagram. I'm a big fan of Instagram. I, I think 2017, I, I was asked in a couple of interviews about 2017. Mm. I think it's the year of massive live video. You've, yes. got, you've got Twitter Live, Facebook Live, you're gonna have LinkedIn Live, we've got YouTube Live, yep. Periscope. But I agree with you. In other words, the reason I said 30 to 60, it's actually 30 to 59 second there videos. You go. Okay, yep. Is because once Don't you say have that on really important in that last second, just in case, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it made a difference and, yeah. and it allows you to upload to Instagram, it allows you to upload to Twitter, it allows you to upload to your Facebook mm. pages or your Facebook groups. And uh, I've just found that the short videos being short and concise, which isn't necessarily easy for a lot of lawyers, yep. okay, but you can do this in about five minutes, it's done, and I'm seeing massive traction happen from these short videos. Another, yes. another tip, and I think, I think maybe it was, I think you shared this with me, is <laughs> you can do the same thing using Facebook Live. Mm. You can go live on Facebook, do a 60 second video, download it, and then repurpose it like we've just talked about. So mm. there's more than one way to go about what you and I are talking about. Yes. The, the problem I've seen, Chris, is that lawyers overthink everything and it's paralysis by analysis. They're not taking action. Yep. The biggest challenge I've seen, Chris, is lawyers understanding the importance of digital but regardless, despite that understanding, they're not executing, they're not taking action. And I would encourage everybody, mm. take action, put content out there. It doesn't need to be perfect. It's a very understanding community out there. And as long as you're speaking from the heart, as long as you're doing your best, 
not to promote yourself, but to add value, mm. people will get that and people will connect with you and people will start referring to you. It's really that simple. It, it is. And it and it's ultimately about execution, isn't it? So, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things. So if we go back to our cyclist person, she could, yes. Mary could very easily get caught up with the fact that you know, she doesn't look good after the ride or she's not dressed up, but there's a video opportunity or something like that. But if Mary's focus is on providing value to that community and on building those relationships, rather than being overly concerned with looking schmick all the time, uh, then Mary's going to see a lot more traction than someone who does yeah. one video every six months when they have time to, or, or one blog post every nine months that's an update because only one case came out that particular year that was of any interest. And, and, and you know, the, the update strategy is, is truly terrible. It's not a content marketing strategy for those who are interested in it because you're waiting on other things to happen before you can offer any value. Whereas what Mitch has shared is really valuable, which is look outside the law and just look to in this community of people I have identified that I am passionate about serving as a lawyer, how can I add value to their lives? Can Absolutely. I generate a list of nearby bicycle shops for, for any given area? Can I connect with those bicycle shops? Can I go and do interviews with people about the hot tips they've got for riding in the, in the Brisbane summer without melting your tires on the tarmac? You know, what, what can I do? Yeah that's actually going to provide value. And as Mitch said, and, and you know, it's the Gary Vaynerchuk principle, other people have spoken about it. It's jab, 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 right hook for those who haven't heard it. And it is offer value, offer value, give value, give value, give value, give value. And then every now and again, you get the opportunity after you've invested in the community to actually ask for work where the relationship's gotten to that point or to promote something that actually says, look, come hire me. I've got this great thing going at the moment or whatever it is that you've got happening. But it's like asking someone to marry you without dating them for a little while first. If you just go in and expect that people are going to come and go, oh, you must be amazing because you did a 58 second Instagram video. It is an investment over time to build that relationship so you can get to the point of asking for the work. But as Mitch also said, well, it's uh, yeah. you, you've built, you've invested in the community. They just know you. They know you and they like you and they trust you. And that's the business development trifecta that everyone's aiming for. And this is a great way of going about doing it. Just just massive value what you just shared, Chris. You know, if you go about it right, you don't have to ask for the work. If you mm. go about it right, you've got a community online and offline of cyclist enthusiasts yep. who th will think of you as their go-to guy or gal when it comes to a legal question or a legal problem yes. and they'll reach out to you when they need you you don't have to ask them for the business now I will say it's the execution part that I would love to see Mary do yes. every single day I want her to be snapchatting her rides okay and yep. and showing her community the new path the new bike path the new mountain that she's just climbed I want her to share her rides on Instagram stories and maybe a new Instagram picture each and every day uh, new Facebook live videos that she takes during a break in her ride or of her community laughing and talking about a concert they went to the night before. Um, if there is, you know, uh, God forbid, some type of injury or tragic incident to her cycling community, and if she is involved, you know, get permission from the injured cyclist. Would you mind if I used this as an example of how everyone else in our community can avoid having this happen to them. You didn't do anything wrong. 
there was a drunk driver that ran a red light that caused your collision and your injuries. But would you mind if I blogged about it? Would you mind if I interviewed you on a show and talked about it? Mm. You can just kind of put all of this together. And, and once again, it depends on your personality. It depends on your unique skills, right? Some people are good on video. Some people are great at writing a blog post. I love it when people embrace what they're really, really good at yes. and don't waste a lot of tr time trying to perfect something that either you don't like doing. I don't like podcasting. I, <laughs> for, for some reason, Chris, it's just not my thing. Yeah. So I've just stopped dealing with podcasting. It's not that I'm not good at it. It's just not one of my passions. Yeah. And so I would tell Mary, focus in on four or five platforms that she enjoys using I'm hoping that one or more of those platforms have a live stream component to them because that is the future. Yes. And uh, over time, she'll be building a brand where if anyone in town who's a cyclist needs a lawyer for whatever reason, she's the one that's going to get called. One more thing. She needs to also put herself out there on the speaking circuit. She needs to volunteer and speak at cyclist organizations and events. Yep. You know, anything ancillary to the cycling industry, if she can get on stage and not get paid for it, she's mm. volunteering her time, but she's investing in herself. She's a business asset and she's investing in herself. She's building a brand. I found that by speaking, it really does allow you to, you know, elevate uh, the awareness that people will have about who you are and what you do. Yep. And while she's speaking, she needs to Snapchat and have an assistant live stream and combine everything we talked about with her speaking engagements. Yes. And over time, good things will happen. You and I both know the most powerful tool while she's doing all of this, and she doesn't need anybody's permission to do this, is to write a book. Yes. You know, And it doesn't have to be a book about the legal aspect of cycling. It might be a book with a twist about cycling and the Zen of law. <laughs> something, something, you know, where as a lawyer, maybe she's recounting a court case that she had while she's doing a ride. And each chapter of the book talks about a different ride that she takes each and every week. But maybe there's a legal angle to it, uh, whether it's a Zen thing, a meditation thing, an mm. exercise thing, where she can kind of, well, if someone's reading the book, they're getting value from it, but they're also taking away that here's a lawyer who cares and who happens to be a human being. She puts together that package, and the sky's the limit. Yes. Okay, yeah. so I want to respect your time, Mitch. Um, let's let's finish off with Mary. So, okay, so if you're Mary and you're watching this, firstly, hello, because I made you up. But uh, secondly, uh, if you're Mary, here's what you need to do, Mary. You need to reach out to every local cycling organization you can find, whether it's a bike shop, whether it's a riding organization, whether it's a charitable riding group of people, whether it's a Lycra manufacturer, whatever it is, reach out and start making those connections. And that might be offline or it might be online. You might find them online and then take it offline, but you've got to start meeting people. As you do it, document your journey. Take photos, take short videos. You don't necessarily have to live stream them, but if you can, if you're on Instagram and you've got a phone and you've just met some famous cycler, take the video, have a quick chat with them, put it on Instagram. Get a but selfie. Get a selfie. You Put know. it up. Ask if they'd mind sharing it with their audience as well. Be bold. But as you mm -hmm. do this, share it on a few core platforms that you're comfortable with. So put the video, if you're comfortable with it, on Facebook with your personal connections there, do that. Post it to LinkedIn. 
post it to YouTube. YouTube channels are free if you want, and then you can share it as much as you want. Post it to Twitter if you're using the Twitter platform. Instagram, you can also, I believe now, take Snapchat videos from your camera roll, so you could also put it on Snapchat if you wanted to. But it's about building that body of work and having yourself getting out there on a consistent and daily basis. And the one thing I want to highlight as part of this journey is a lot of people think that uh, using social media should be some form of easy button for business development. And I think hopefully Mitch and I have made it clear it's, it's not an easy button. You've actually got to put in the work. And the one thing I want to strongly, strongly recommend is that if this is a priority for you, if you are looking to embark upon this, you're already at the place where you know that this is important, set aside time at the start of every single day to ensure that you are producing and documenting consistently. It's got to be a habit. Otherwise, what's going to happen is what's happened every other year is that you're going to go, oh, I didn't get around to it. It's too hard. And then 15 weeks will pass and you will have achieved very little. And you won't be clarifying your own message. You won't be refining your talent. You won't be getting more natural on camera or you won't be practicing your writing. You won't be learning about content marketing. You will have achieved very little and you won't be doing that investment that Mitch spoke about before because the investment only grows over time. This is a compounding investment, just the same as it is with money. You've got to start banking stuff early and that's how you see the returns later. So, wow. Mitch, did I did I miss anything critical in that little in that little no. summary at the end? Your um, your 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 three minute summary was gold, and I mean that clip right there is what lawyers need to listen to. I thought what you just said was on point. It was powerful. I will, you know, and, and well said, Chris. I will say that a lot of lawyers who I who I talk to about social, they ask me, where do you find the content? Mm. Where do you find the content that we're talking about posting? And yes. with Mary's situation. One of the most powerful pieces of content that Mary can incorporate into everything that we just talked about is she can start to newsjack. She can look at breaking breaking news as it applies to cyclists, mm. whether it's cyclists using steroids, whether it's cyclists uh, and safety issues, and she can do everything that Chris and I talked about and write a blog post or, or maybe go live with a live stream and share a lawyer's perspective on that breaking news story. Absolutely. And when, re when reporters are looking for commentary or an interview on that big breaking news story, they're going to look for a little, a slightly different angle or twist or perspective on that story and if you're newsjacking correctly and David Merriman Scott a friend of mine has a great book on newsjacking he's the he's he's the guy behind newsjacking check him out everybody uh, if you go about it the right way it's just an amazing tool to amplify your message and complement everything Chris just talked about absolutely so and keep I mean, that in mind. Uh, there was this election in this country recently Mitch that seemed to have attracted a fair amount of news attention and uh, Everyone left, right, and center was uh, was writing about Trump and the presidency, and they're going to be for some time yet. And and I'm sure there's going to be plenty, plenty <laughs> of news coming out of that uh, in the foreseeable future. So I mean, if if that's where you're positioning yourself, you know, that kind of thing is is very easy because even though people have read 467 articles about Trump, they still click on the next one because they just can't get enough of it. So uh, well. But but we're talking about Marian cyclists. We are and talking about Marian cyclists. You know, uh, and so the Tour de France. You know, yes. there are issues associated with that. The other thing, Chris, real quick. I, I mean, uh, your point's uh, well made. Mm. But just before I forget, yeah. you know, my age. If I don't say something, I'm going to forget it, Chris. <laughs> um, think about this, guys and gals. 
with with cyclist and bicycle racing, there are all types of rules and regulations uh, as to how races take place. As a lawyer, you can write about those rules and regulations and how they apply to a particular uh, finish in a bicycle race. How do race bicyclists determine where a course is going to be? What type of lobbying takes place to get a big race in your town? There are legal issues associated behind that. So all I'm trying to suggest is expand how you think about the sport of cycling yes. and talk about the little nuances in that sport with the legal twist and you'll have a devoted audience that just they, they will not be able to wait until your next post or your next stream because it's the first time anyone's ever done something like this that's exactly so, right you know, look what whatever your industry is the process mitch has spoken about is absolutely repeatable. It is more helpful to have an industry focus rather than an area of law sometimes. So if you can find a particular section of people, identifiable people that you're most passionate about building relationships with, then that's a good place to start. Mitch, that's a lot of gold there. Um, I'll be breaking this up into 59 second videos before you know it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I did have two, two final questions for you. Uh, the first is, What's happening with Mitch Jackson in 2017? What have you got going on? What are you hoping to do in this sort of space and in your practice? Well, thanks for asking, Chris. You know, we're, we're starting off next month here in Los Angeles. I'll be speaking at summit.live. It'll be one of the largest live streaming collaborations uh, with artists, with live streamers, with businesses uh, in the world. I'll be sharing the stage with Robert Scoble and with Al Roker and many other notable speakers. So I'm excited about that. That's exciting. Uh, it's going to be cool. There's just a lot of people that'll be there. Uh, we'll also be getting more involved in augmented reality, virtual reality, and mixed reality. So I'm excited about some of the legal things we'll be doing in 2017 with respect yeah. to those industries. And they all fall back to digital and social. All of this is going to flow together. And that's why I'm trying to kind of uh, expand my comfort zone a little bit or yep. push it into these new areas of technology. We also have a, uh, uh, a new mastermind group that I, it's, it's global, it's legalminds.lawyer. And yep. so what we're trying to do, and Chris, I think you're doing the same thing, is we're trying to bring in our friends, okay, our fellow professionals who want to learn how to go about using digital and social correctly and live streaming correctly. And I'm really excited about this new mastermind where people are coming in and we're starting to show them exactly what you and I have been talking about mm. uh, for the last half hour. And so for me, it's exciting. I just love doing this stuff, you know, in addition to still a full-time trial lawyer, uh, love what I'm doing. And you had a full-day mediation yesterday, I think I saw. We, we had a full-day mediation yesterday on a case that looks like it's still going to trial. And, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes, regardless of what we're talking about, you have to always fall back on the business of practicing law. Yes. And, and you have to think long-term. And sometimes you have to walk away from, you know, a lot of money sitting on the table because it's the right thing to do for your client. And so, yeah, we'll be going to trial on that case. And all I, you know, we... Before we went live, Chris, you talked a little bit about the uh, the rate of return, the ROI, mm. okay, on social media. And let me just say it's huge. I mean, I think you can track ROI to an extent. Uh, we track where all of our incoming callers and cases come from, and we find out, are you, you know, we heard about you on Facebook Live, or mm. I've been watching Mitch on Periscope, or I follow his blog. We track all of that. Mm. And the numbers are exciting. The numbers warrant you and I spending even more time 
doing what we're doing on social media. I don't think you can, you can't spend enough time developing your digital footprint. That's how yes. important this stuff is. Yeah. And uh, frankly, the lawyers that don't get that, it's too bad. I hope they come around soon because if they don't, they're not going to have a practice to go to. Mm. That's how game changing this is. Oh, I think and, you're right. The next 10, 15 years, if uh, it, it's going to see a lot of people fade into insignificance and it's got to, going to see the ascendancy of a lot of smaller firms who are more nimble, who just adapt to this stuff, who stay where the eyeballs are. And you mentioned before uh, the, the, the extremely valuable asset of attention. Um, and attention is easiest to get if you're where people are already looking, not by waving your hands over somewhere where they don't care to look. So, And, and that's really a big part of what the social media stuff is about, which is being where the eyeballs already are and then being valuable to them. Being where the eyeballs already are and when it comes to clients, asking the clients, mm. how would you like me to communicate with you? Yes. And if your clients would prefer not to get a letter but instead to get a private message on Facebook or to get a DM on Twitter or to have you use Snapchat to privately communicate with the client, mm. start communicating with the client the way he or she wants you to communicate with him or her. Yep. That's a game changer and then indirectly it teaches you how to use these platforms. Great idea. Uh, Great idea. It, it's just been huge. You look at Brian Solis in his books, uh, What's the Future of Business mm. and The X Factor, his second one. I don't remember the full title to it, but he talks about always looking at, you know, not, not just satisfying the consumer expectations, but exceeding them. Because if you don't, you know, you're just a click away from losing that client forever. Yes. All right. And, and so just everyone needs to focus on that. So by having a, a proper digital presence, it'll allow you to remain relevant and it'll also allow you to do all the things that Chris and I have been talking about. And look, for, for those of you who are interested in taking this further, Mitch's group, I believe, Mitch is at LegalMinds.Lawyer. Is that where it people is. can find it and they can join up for your mastermind group if they want to really focus their attention on social media development, business development in that space this year. They can ask specific questions, get specific feedback and really help them actionably implement the things we've been talking about here with particular advice and interaction for them. Mitch, what's the best place for people to find you right at the moment? You're, you're pretty much everywhere, so don't give us all of your URLs, but uh, what's the easiest way for people to get in touch with you or your, how would you like us to communicate with you, Mitch? Any way you want. Uh, <laughs> so let me just share the LegalMinds.Lawyer Mastermind Group. We have an email newsletter, and it's for members and non-members. And for, for those of your viewers who decide they want to get on our email list, Chris, yep. there's a report that they'll instantly have available to them. It's the ultimate social media blueprint for lawyers. And, and I've it read shares this blueprint. In, I, I should say I've read this blueprint uh, fairly recently, and it's a, it's a great summary of the condition of social media and where you should be looking. So uh, highly Kind of lays it out, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of lays out what Chris and I have been talking about. And that was the idea. I just wanted to, to put it all out there. I didn't hold anything back. So that's a great way to get up to speed on what Chris and I have talked about. Uh, my website, streaming.lawyer, that's where I share a lot of my social media stuff, yep. live streaming stuff. If you just want to kind of get a feel for what I'm doing, you know, follow me over at streaming.lawyer and you'll get an idea of how that works. Our law firm is jacksonandwilson.com. That's more of just the legal stuff, so we'll kind of push that aside right now. And uh, if you'd like to follow me on any of my social platforms, just go to uh, mitch.social and that will take you to all my links on all the different social media platforms. 
and uh, we can connect and have some fun online. That is a great idea. Mitch Jackson, thank you very much for your valuable time. I really appreciate the advice you've given. Any last words you want to say? Any quotable quotes? Any delightful 57-second things? Or have we, uh, have we covered the field? Well, I think we've covered the field, Chris. But let me just share with everyone and ask everyone and remind everyone to always live each day with purpose and make each day your masterpiece. Good words to end with. Mitch Jackson, thank you very much.